Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know, they say nothing good happens after midnight. Well, the Bucks hope that is not the case because Thursday turned into Friday before they made the 32nd overall pick. They selected edge rusher Joe Tryon. We'll tell you what they expect from the Washington Star, and we'll talk all things NFL draft including how the quarterbacks came off the board on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. And, Steve, we knew it would be a long wait the last time the Bucks won the Super Bowl. They didn't have a first-round pick. They gave him up and then some for John Gruden. Um, but uh, I, I didn't know. I kind of thought that maybe they would trade up. You know, they didn't, didn't need all their picks. But the draft kind of played out the way a lot of the mock drafts did. And as it got down to the end of the first round, they were looking for an edge rusher, looking for somebody to help with the defensive line to sort of re-fortify that position for years to come. And I got to tell you, you know, Joe Tryon is one of those guys that athletically he is uh, he is gifted. Um, his big, you know, check mark that, that didn't work out for him was the fact that he was one of the players that opted out. You know, for a while there, the Pac-12 wasn't going to play football. Uh, he wound up not playing. But if you go back a year ago. Um, he had eight sacks. He was a he was a, a very flashy player, and I think he's a mature guy. So, I like the pick for where they got him. I I think had he played, he would have been a much higher draft pick. I, I like the pick too. I think he's I think he's a little bit of a project though. Yeah. Um. Which, when you have Shaq Barrett, you have JPP. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. need him to be a star this year. No. You know you could. You know that was the whole point of bringing back twenty-two starters and right, right. what's the percentage of the snaps that the you know all the guys they're bringing back next year at this point have mm-hmm. is that you could take the best available player, presumably at a position of need, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be a polished guy who's ready to step in and be a starter day one. You didn't need that right. from this pick, so you get a guy who's got a great motor who can rush the passer. Has some weakness against the run, and that's something he can work on and develop. Right. Um, he hasn't played in a year, and and I don't know if that's a concern. Well, he's got some rust. He's, for he's sure. got some rust, and and you know you in certain positions, Ed Rushers maybe less of that. You mm-hmm. know, you worry about not having played a year or getting less snaps in college because you didn't play a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of like offensive linemen. You know, right. Penny Pen- Sewell. I think was one who, you know, tremendous talent, but you wonder having a year off and a year less of snaps. And we know offensive linemen is one of those positions where techniques and you just need more snaps. And one of the things in football, it's hurt of the less off season plans and less contact in the off season is the offensive line work. You don't get it, but I don't defensive line is not one of those positions. I worry that much about for that. So the fact that he sat out last year doesn't, doesn't concern me or, or bother me that, although knowing that, you know, he's not going to be probably ready to start day one, but that's not what the Bucks need for him. So to pick 32, to win the Super Bowl, and to get the edge rusher, and they put that quick pick in quick, which means that's the guy yeah, they were they probably did. targeting for a while. Right. Um, or, you know, maybe they were, you know, assuming he was going to fall or were pretty confident they were going to get him, and that's who they wanted. So uh, yeah. I think it's a good pick. It's a position of need. It's, you know, we know JPP's got one year left on his deal. 
Uh, you just resign Shaq Barrett, but that you know, the, in that three-four scheme, he's going to play very well. He will, and he'll play a lot. I mean, I think he'll he'll be used primarily um, as an edge rusher, as a guy that that may not be in there in the first and second down, but if you need some rotation on third down, he can do it. He turned. This is this is sort of like serendipitous a little bit, but like uh, the, the clock struck midnight. He turned twenty two years old. <laughs> it became it became Friday, and it was his birthday. And before you know it, he's celebrating his entry into the NFL. And um, but that's you know, think about that twenty two. That's a young guy. That's as old as as Brady's career, right? Just about. <laughs> so um, you know, it's really it's true. And and you know the Bucks they have some depth now and they're building it slowly. Anthony Nelson I thought came on and did some nice things, you know uh, the second year player from Iowa uh, towards the end of the season. Cam Gill did some good things uh, in the Super Bowl. Even he had a big hit on Mahomes and and played well in the postseason. A special teams guy, uh, and and so he he's also got you know some former teammates. They kind of cross paths. I mean it was you know late in Vita Vea's career, very early. Um, you know, in his career, but but they both both were at Washington. But the Bucks, for whatever reason, they've drafted eight players in in their history from Washington, and two, of course, uh, by Jason Light. Um, the other being Vita Vea, which has worked out very nicely. Thank you. So, um, you know, we talked to him, and and this is the thing we talked about this before the draft. The Bucks have spent a lot of time, not just on the player, because that's one thing you can see on film. Mm-hmm. All these guys can play. But on the person, and when you talk to, you know, when you talk to him, he's just he seems you would you, you would not imagine that Tryon is twenty two years old, and I think that's he reminds me of of sort of the the maturity that Tristan Wirth showed that um, you know Antoine Winfield Jr. showed. I mean, he's got that Devin sort of White. serious Devin White, Devin White. yeah, he he kind of has that business. Um, all business kind of uh, mentality to him. He's been through some things. He's had some adversity. You know, uh, Joey Knight asked him uh, about some of that, and he said that, you know, he had an uncle um, that died in a motorcycle accident when he was in high school. This guy was like a father figure to him. So he's been through some stuff, and and yet he, you know, he has made it now as a first-round pick in the NFL. And um, I, I just feel like, you know, they, they found another guy that Todd Bowles, we know how versatile his defenses are, and he's also a guy who runs really well. Like he had a tremendous workout. Uh, that's one thing he did do at the pro day. He showed that he had not just been, you know, sitting on the couch, you know, watching Judge Judy like Tom Jones would do. He had he had actually um, been working out, and so he ran extremely well, like a four six, and you know, uh, has a huge vertical jump. He's just he's just very athletic. So I I like the pick. I again I think. You know, were there some players that went just above them? For sure. That they would have probably had higher on their board as well? Absolutely. But when it came down to it, he said, you know, Jason told us that they had a couple offers to move out of the first round. And he said, it's just, we weren't going to do it if a guy like Tryon was there. You know, if he was there, we were going to take him. And in fact, they had him rated higher than some of the players that went above him. So that tells you, you know, just just how much they thought of him. So yeah, you know, for a first day Super Bowl champ, adding to their defense, you know, you got older players. You know that you could need that depth. That there could be injuries. Um, I think it's I think it's really good because let's be honest, the defense is really what pushed this team. I think across the finish line. Yes, their offense got better at the end of the year when they got more reps and more more time on task and all of that. 
But by the end of the season and in that Kansas City game, there's no question that the defense was carrying this this football team, I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, ab- no, no question about it. And and don't forget, offensively, they already added Giovanni Bernard to the team. That's right. That's um, right. So you've already, you've already added another weapon prior to the draft, com- right. in, in, in addition to bringing back every starter. Including so, Antonio Brown of late. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And so bringing in or drafting an edge rusher right now in this defense, I think it's, it's a position of need, partic- potentially for the future. Um, with, you know, as that defensive line gets older. Um, and, and so, you know, that's exactly what Jason Light and his crew needed to do was address positions of need, best available players. And, and like we said, they got the pick in so quick, you knew they liked Tryon. Um, right. And I'm sure they got offers from teams like Cincinnati and that who maybe wanted to grab that offensive lineman before. Right. Um, you know, move up four, five, six picks just to make sure they get the guy they want. Um, you know, so. I, I think it was a good pick. I mean, you know, obviously time will tell on this. And I, you know, but I don't expect him to be a player that you're going to go, oh, wow. And he, you know, consider him for the Pro Bowl this year and, and, and such. I think right. he's a little bit of a project, but I think, you know, with this defense and, and the, the players around him, you can take on a project like that, somebody who's got a lot of raw potential, and you're going to learn from some great guys on this team, too. Yeah, for sure. And it was, I'll tell you, uh, you know, the Bucks of course, are going to be favored to win the Super Bowl, um, and rightfully so with all the 22 starters. We mentioned a lot of backups coming back. But, boy, there were some, there were some seismic uh, quakes before the draft that occurred you know, on Friday, not the least of which was the news. According to my sources, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. They've flown out there twice. He doesn't want to come play. So Aaron Rodgers, who said after losing the NFC Championship game that his life was a, quote, beautiful mystery, um, made it a point right before the draft to announce to the world, no, no, I'm not playing in Green Bay. Listen to what, read my lips like you're a child. I don't want to go back there. Um, and to which the Packers said, we don't care. We're not trading you. Um, the 49ers were checking into this as late as yesterday. Um, you know, obviously there's other teams that were very interested in fact, Mark Schlereth uh, reported that a deal was all but done uh, between the Packers and the Denver Broncos to send Rodgers there. Um, I don't know how this plays out. I I don't. I think a divorce is is probably sooner than later. Um, I don't know how exa- exactly how the you know the Packers get out of this, um, but it's something they should have dealt with before. Um, but it really did add some drama. You know to the draft because San Francisco sitting at three, we knew they were going to take a quarterback and you wondered if somehow, you know, that was a team that um, could swing something for him. But the way, the way the draft went, you know, there was some intrigue and, and, and let me get your feelings on some of these picks. Now we knew Trevor Lawrence was going to go number one to Jacksonville and he did. And then we also knew that Zach Wilson uh, went and by the way, Zach Wilson looks like um, some, some kid that should be, you know, on a uh, on the Bachelor, do you see this guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio could play him. You know what I'm saying? Like a young Leonardo. Like, what if he hits it in New York? He's going to own New York. Joe Namath is going to be number two up there pretty soon. But Zach Wilson goes number two to the to the Jets, and then the intrigue. And it's interesting because, according to my sources, I had heard probably late last week. Um, and and some of this was out there that that you know the the 49ers started with their love affair with Mac Jones and everybody thought 
Well, they're moving up to three, and Mac Jones is their guy. And then everyone said, well, why why would you move up for Mac Jones? And the more they dug into Justin Fields and Trey Lance, um, the more it appeared that, that they were even or, or maybe uh, moving away from Mac Jones. And I had heard last week that everything that was out there about them and Jones was not true, that it was quite quite opposite. But it wasn't Justin Fields. It was it was uh, it was Trey Lance, and and I think what's really interesting to me, this was the right play for for the Forty ers Now I, they could have easily taken Fields as well, but what I mean by it is is that you know if you go with Mac Jones and say, well, he's our guy. You know, he's going to be our starter. He fits the offense. That that's who Kyle Shanahan really really wants. Then you either got to trade Jimmy Garoppolo or you got you got some issues. Look, they're a playoff team if everybody's healthy, especially their quarterback. Um, he's one year removed or two years removed from you know being having a ten point lead in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. So if he stays healthy, you have a situation not unlike when Mahomes went to Kansas City. You have a veteran quarterback on a on a playoff team, which was Alex Smith at that time, and now it's Jimmy Garoppolo, who you're you should be fine with playing this year. I mean, Lance comes from North Dakota State. He only played one game last year. It wasn't his fault. Um, but, you know, smaller division school, got a lot to learn. They say, listening to John Lynch and Shanahan, they were blown away by his football IQ, just absolutely blown away. And and he has that it factor. He's got the charisma. Of course, he can make all the throws. He's athletic, all of that. But there's no pressure to play him. So you can keep Garoppolo. Garoppolo's going to be motivated, right? I mean, he's going to want to go out there and rip it. He knows – that the future may have gotten here, but he's going to try to hold that off as long as he can and prove that, you know, he can win in this league, whether it's there or for somebody else. Um, and, and then, you know, if you do have to, if he gets hurt or you do have to turn to somebody else, now you got a real talent um, that you didn't have to rush into the lineup. So to me, um, this was the, this was the perfect scenario as opposed to, you know, maybe signing a, maybe, maybe drafting a quarterback and then trading, uh, Garoppolo out of there. So uh, Lance went to the 49ers. We, we, you know, Atlanta had to decide, did they need a quarterback? Matt Ryan's getting up there in age. There were plenty of quarterbacks still on the board. They decided to take the best player available, which was Kyle Pitts, and they had been sort of linked to him um, for a while. I didn't know what your Bengals were going to do, Steve. I thought they were going to get an offensive lineman here. It was pretty evident the last week or two that it was Jamar Chase. Um, yeah. I, I think the, the ties to Joe Burrow – and, and yeah. how successful they were together. The fact that it's a pretty deep offensive lineman draft. That's yeah. why, you know, I expected the Bengals to actually trade up late in the first to grab an offensive lineman. Possibly they looked at 32 with the Bucks. They may have been trying with the Bucks. yeah. Um, you know, they're going to draft early in, in round two tonight. So yeah. I, I think I, I think just with Joe Burrow, and it's interesting, two different receivers got paired up with their quarter, college quarterback. I know. Um, Jalen Waddell as well at Miami and the, the, the six pick going with Tua. Um, but Jamar Chase and I mean, think about this: Jamar Chase set records with Joe Burrow at LSU, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and Joe Burrow, of course, that was maybe the greatest season ever by a college quarterback. Yep. And Jamar Chase was the one who set records when Jefferson was on that team. I know, and how and Jefferson was yeah. was phenomenal last yeah. year. And Chase know? Chase was the star receiver on that team, not Jefferson. So not Jefferson, right? Um, you know the Bengals hope that, but the, the Bengals do have some offensive line needs. So I assume that'll be their pick here in the second round. But yeah. the only guy I thought they, they, you know, the guy they would have gotten obviously was Panay Sewell, but um, they get a playmaker in Chase Waddle that you mentioned, Alabama. He was he was the first receiver for them 
that went to the Miami Dolphins. You know, there were seven consecutive offensive players. That has never happened in the NFL draft before you got to the Panthers and J.C. Horn. Mm-hmm. And the Panthers could have gone quarterback there. Um, the Broncos, we did. We, we thought maybe, um, even though they made the trade for Teddy Bridgewater, they have Drew Locke, but they stay with defense. They got Patrick Sertain, mm-hmm. which is a good pick. Then there was this trade. You never see a trade between the Eagles and the Cowboys. You know, um, the yep. Eagles moving up to get Devonta Smith, Devontae Smith. Um, well, we know the Bears there. wanted Devontae Smith. Yes, that's why they got ahead of him. Yep. But I'll tell you what I think was the best pick was Justin Fields going to Chicago. Now, I don't like the coach, and we know that that city eats quarterbacks alive. They haven't had one since Sig Luckman. So, but at the end of the day, I don't think Justin Fields is Mitch Trubisky. Um, I certainly think he's better than Andy Dalton. And this could be, you know, fingers crossed if you're a Bears fan, but this actually could be a really, really fortunate pick at number 11 to get Justin Fields. He's a really talented guy. He's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Forget about the epileptic seizures and all that, whatever he, he's had to deal with, he's dealt with his whole life. I, I like this pick if you're a Bears fan. And, I, and my wife from Chicago, there are a lot of Bears fans in her family. So I got to believe. They moved up from, what, 20 to get that pick. So Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they went up and got their guy, which, you know, you don't normally see teams be able to move up that far on draft day. No. And yeah. they gave up a first round, next year's first rounder for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they, had to, they had to pay the price. But for a franchise that, you know, passed on, you know, got Trubisky and could have had Mahomes or could have had Deshaun Watson, you know, um, they they went up and, and got their guy. And I, I, mean, do you, I mean, do we really know which quarterback is going to be the best of this group? We don't. We would think it's going to be Lawrence. Um, but when you go to the worst team in the NFL with a new uh, coach coming from college, you don't know how quickly that's going to turn around, um, you know, and, and it's going to be tough on him. Justin Fields goes to a better football team in now a weaker division, um, especially if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. So so I kind of like that. And then, of course, because of all these happenings, look who's there at number 15 for the New England Patriots. Well, first of all, I want to say the 14th pick. The Jets moved up to get uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah Vera Tucker, That's right. a tremendous move to protect Zach Wilson. The, a- absolutely. That I was, love it. You know, not only did they get their quarterback – after they trade Sam Darnold to Carolina. But then right. they, they move up to get the offensive lineman they want. I think that's a very smart move by the Jets. And, and, and you know, in an organization that doesn't Protect make a lot of them. smart moves, I think that was a really good move to move up and get him. Totally. And, you know, they, they got Becton last year, and so they have their left mm-hmm. tackle, their left guard. Um, so that blind side is pretty well taken care of. You know, I, I don't – I mean, New York, bad organization, all of that. Uh, I wish the kid well. I don't know how much Wilson is is going to be able to produce uh, right away. He's got an awful lot of pressure. He was smart though; like he's he's made phone calls, you know, to Mark Sanchez to try to figure out how you handle the media and different things. I mean, this is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. I wish him well, but that's that's an organization that's still not not quite there yet. Um, but when all those quarterbacks come off the board, and then you're seeing Mac Jones and. I think Mac Jones is the right guy for New England. I mean, it's funny, and Jones poked fun at himself. He had a uh, a meme, you know, that, that famous Brady, you know, at the Combine, mm-hmm. uh, shirtless Brady that, you know, has no body at all. 
Uh, Mac had a, a very similar photo of himself. So we know that we know that Belichick likes non-athletic looking quarterbacks, but there is some there is some Brady in Mac Jones. I think, and again, it's it's ridiculous to compare anybody to Tom, but the way they read things out, the way they throw with anticipation, the way they stay um, in the pocket, the way they yeah, just, uh, the way yeah. he goes through his progressions as quick as he does. There's right. a, there's a lot of Tom Brady characteristics. I'm not saying he's good as Tom Brady, no. but. It's the same type. They, they of remind you yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, and and it's what they're used to. And um, and the other thing is, and look, Tom was one ninety nine. Should have never lasted that long. Ridiculous that he was still there. Uh, this guy didn't drop you know any further than fifteen. But you just watch this guy's chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like when you see him get picked in his little march up to the podium to. to you know, to Roger Goodell, that body language said it all to me. He was ready to play right now. You know, like he's let, let's go. Um, so I, I think Mac Jones getting with Belichick, you know, uh, feeling like he's he was the last guy should have gone mm-hmm. three to to the Forty ers whatever. I I think this could work out. And I'm not. I didn't see Mac play a lot. I mean, I saw him play as much as anybody that watches college football. Um, and but you know what? We know there's a fifty percent bus rate. So. You know, two of these guys are unlikely to be really big stars at the quarterback position. We don't know which two. Um, but, man, I mean, Belichick's got to feel pretty good. He's got Cam Newton um, to sort of start things off and, and, you know, wait for Jones to develop at his own speed, and, and then he can turn to him. So, well, not interesting that, draft. Not all, you know, I, look, I, I think Mac Jones has a chance to succeed because he's got a good coach. Although yeah, that coach or general manager needs to be better at it acquiring offensive talent to help him yes in the future going forward because they have not been very good at that the last few years no but they they get their quarterback mac jones at 15 without having to trade up right because most mocks before that had them trading up to get mac jones to seven at detroit yeah they were going to have to give up they were able they were able to keep all their draft picks and draft capital and everybody else and still get their guy so i mean that's a win for new england big time there Oh, it's huge. And then, you know, there were some picks that, that just made sense, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers get Najee Harris. You know, that that's a great pick for them. They need a running game to help Ben, who's, you know, can't throw it 45, 50 times a game. Um, Harris is a big back, but he's got great feet, and he runs like a little guy. He's got speed. Um, the Jaguars take Lawrence's teammate, Travis Etienne, which is a good idea. Uh, really productive back from from Clemson. Um, I liked I liked a lot. I, I sort of felt like I like the Ravens pick and Rashad Bateman. Yeah, Rashad Bateman's um, a good pick. He fits a definite need they have there. Yeah, um, the Saints uh, were interested with Peyton Turner. I mean, the defensive ends always a position of need, but I was uh, wasn't expecting him to go there. No, he of, of the last week um, there was some buzz about Peyton Turner that that people mm-hmm. thought that he might be one of these guys that that sneaks into the bottom of the first round, and he did. Um, you know, I thought the Bills did a nice job of, of getting uh, Greg Russo, who uh, another opt out guy that you know that's a project op- there too, though. I mean, that's, definitely. And, and but that's a team that can afford to take on a they project can. at this point. That's right, they absolutely can. And and I will say this that like I know the Bucks love Tryon, um, and took him, didn't hesitate, as you said. I would bet you, like like the Baltimore Ravens, they probably had Jason or Jason. Um, uh, away uh, from Penn State, rated ahead of him. I would imagine. I think that's probably true, but we'll never know. And for mm-hmm. that matter, maybe Rousseau too. But they were going to get 
you know, one of these edge rushers, mm-hmm. and you can see the run on them there, the last three picks, uh, actually actually for the last five picks uh, in the draft were, were defensive ends or edge rushers. So um, I, I like the Eric Stokes guy. pick to the Packers, although inter- I believe this is now the ninth straight draft that the Packers have not taken an offensive player in the first round except – for Jordan Love last year, that's it's right. Do <laughs> yeah. you wonder why he's pissed off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I like Eric Stokes, and you know the speed that he's got. Let alone, oh god, he's fast. Is, yeah. is just crazy as a cornerback, and and he's got good size with it too. Um, yeah, I, I like that pick. Although you start going, yeah, no wonder why Aaron doesn't like it there. I mean, it's right. kind of what Brady didn't like in New England. Although it wasn't for Belichick not trying, he just missed on a lot of those offensive picks. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I don't know, you know, I, I mean he sort of made noise after the championship game, you know, beautiful mystery. I know he's enamored with Jeopardy. I think he wants that job to become permanent. He wants to find a way to play um and tape all those shows, you know, in in his free time. Um whether you know whether he ends up in California or not, that's going to be tough. Um but Denver is certainly out there. That would, you know, if you think about it, if somehow the Packers say, look, they got us in a vice. Um, we're going to take a huge salary cap hit. Maybe we can do this in June, but he's never going to play here again. When the player tells you he's not going to play there again, your only leverage is to say, okay, then you don't play. Um, but if Aaron Rodgers has jeopardy to go to, he might just roll that dice and say, that's mm-hmm. fine. I won't play. And a year from now, you're the Packers sitting there with no compensation for Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's now a year older, and you look stupid because you would have had to have you know, you would have had to play your guy. Um, so maybe Rodgers comes back after that. But but if they uh, trade him. If they trade him. There's something they, like $38 million of dead, or maybe it's $34, $35 million Oh, they get crushed. Of dead money crushed. this year. And, and if they trade him after June 2nd, it goes down to 20 some million. But then you get like another $17 million next year on dead money. So, I mean, right. it's, if they trade him, I mean, they may almost be better off just saying, fine, sit out a year. Right. I mean, if he's not going to play, it, it may be better than trading him at this point. The amount of dead money you're going to have to carry. Yeah, it it could. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what ultimately is going to happen. What's interesting, though, and, and they did this with Favre. You know, Favre got pushed out by Rodgers, which is why Rodgers knows the game so well, because he was on the other side. But when, when they did it with Favre, they traded Favre, and the two teams were Tampa Bay and the Jets. Well, they were never going to send him to the NFC. Never. Um, if it was a trade, they were going to control where he went, and he went to the AFC. What's interesting is if, say, for example, Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver, who's losing? Who are the Beaks? Who who are the Beaks? Who are the Bucks losing to? I mean, who who's the quarterbacks in the NFC? So I said, Breeze is gone. Rodgers is gone. You're left with Wilson. You're left with Russell Wilson, um, Matthew maybe Stafford. Matthew Stafford if the Rams are good. Yeah, I mean, Ma- Kyler Murray's getting Kyler better. Murray's getting better, but really. There's nobody in the NFC cent in the NFC uh, North that scares you. Um, I mean, Garoppolo. Sudden, you got Garoppolo in San Francisco. Yeah, that the NFC West. Dak Prescott's is probably, back. It, yeah, again, the Cowboys, right? Ah, well, they, I mean, they yeah, have, but I, you're right. They have good quarterbacks. Those are all capable guys, right? But in, in terms of like, it just got easier for for Tom Brady, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Like, if he leaves Green Bay, um, to me, Green Bay is still the tough out for the Bucks. We'll see what the Saints do with with you know Jameis Winston or um, whoever they end up playing at quarterback. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean that that'd be another huge 
uh, hurdle for the Bucks if you know if suddenly Aaron Rodgers is in the AFC. Now think about the AFC, right, where you got all those guys. You know, Patrick Mahomes, and if he's over there, and Ben, and you know, um, suddenly there's there's a, a Baker Josh Mayfield, Allen, Josh got, Allen. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of quarterbacks, Lamar young guys. Yeah, young guys. That you know, it, it's the tougher it's the tougher division, the tougher conference to get to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I think this would only help the Bucks if he does go to Denver. But what a bomb! And and it was funny because just before this broke, there was a story out of Jacksonville that Tim Tebow had worked out for the <laughs> Jacksonville Jagu- Jaguars. Talked him into workout as a tight end. Now they've been trying to make Tim Tebow a tight end since he left Florida. In fact, if he'd agreed to it, he probably would have had about a 10- or 12-year career at tight end. But he wanted to play quarterback. It didn't work out. He went and played baseball. Now at 33, um, he comes back and uh, wants to play tight end and, and for Urban Meyer and may actually end up doing it. But as soon as that broke, then the Rodgers story was like, hold my beer. And we didn't hear about Tebow anymore <laughs> the rest of the night. So I don't. I have no idea where this is headed with Timmy T. But, um, but it, was a, it was a hell of a story there for a minute. Um, so that, that'll be fun to watch. Some other notes. Northwestern had two first-round draft picks. How about that? Which, two things. I think it's in the last 30-some years they've had two total number one draft picks. And it's two more draft picks than the Big 12 had. Ooh. Ouch. That hurts. Take that, Big 12. I mean, not just a school. The whole conference. You know, what I love about Northwestern is the the student body cheers. That's all right. That's okay. You will work for us one day. I, I just, it's the best. Um, but they, uh, you know, they had a hell of a defense though. No, I mean did. those those two picks are legit number one picks. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Newsom and then the uh, the tackle, um, right? Slater, offensive tackle Slater. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, those are legit number one picks. I mean, you know, but it just, you know, you don't think of Northwestern that way. And of course, it's the first time it's ever happened it's in never, their school history. Yeah. But more than the Big Twelve, yeah. that was like ooh. In Alabama, what they have six number one picks? It's six, six like in the first number 24. one picks. Yeah, no, right, yeah, exactly. In the, in yeah, all sides of, of the yeah, ball. Yeah, and the, the top twenty four picks, they had six of them. That's scary. Well, and that's why that's why people go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. You, you could say it's a chicken and the egg thing. You know, did, did, does Alabama they win because they get the best players, or does he develop the best players who then go to the NFL and become first round picks? If I'm if I'm Nick Saban, all I got to do, of course, now if you're Nick Saban, you just got to walk in the house. But you walk in the house and you go, hey, I'm going to make you an NFL player, all right? I'm going to, you come to play with us, all right? We're going to, you know. But not only that, that's gonna... why you go to Alabama and you wait two or three years to start. Right. I mean, that's, oh, yeah, you go, go to Alabama, you're, you're happy to sit there in the first two years. No, you're not going to play because you know that he's going to develop the guys in front of you to go pro and then you're going to follow suit. Right. And I've talked to those Alabama guys at the, uh, at the combine, and was it Quinn, was it Quinn Williams? Is that who uh, went a couple of years ago? Defensive yes. tackle. Yes. So <laughs> I talked to him. He goes, "Look, man." He goes, "I go to Alabama, and I'm like all everything, right?" And he says, "Freshman year, red shirt. Next year, I don't get to play. The year after that, I'm 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 on the third team. Like I'm having to work." And but the guys playing in front of him are, be, are each year are first round picks and like top ten picks. And so he finally plays, and he really only started one season, I think. And he ends up, like, in the top five himself, going going somewhere. So, you know, his thing was, hey, man, nobody is more competitive than at Alabama. Like, the hardest guys you'll play 
are the guys on your own team, you know, trying to beat them out, trying to move up the depth chart there, trying to go against the offense or against the defense. He goes, that's, that's the thing when you, and, and you just, you just stay there and you go through it and you wait your turn. And when you get there, everything works out. And some of these guys play a year or two in their, their first round picks. It's unbelievable just the, how they got them stacked up there, but that's, that's, that's how they pump them out. I mean, look at the mm-hmm. receivers, look at the receivers that they've added to the NFL just over the last few well, years. Just remember it's your just, Heisman trophy oh. winner was the second best receiver on your team. So yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, and I don't know if I was surprised by that because he's 160 pounds soaking wet, so that probably mm-hmm. hurt him a little bit. But the guy, he was the best player in college football last year. He was, but but Waddle's, yeah, the, Waddle's, Waddle's hurt, measurables but, are just, you know, I mean. He's Tyree Kill, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't that, that's who he is. He's Tyree Kill. Yeah. Reincarnate. I mean, you watch this guy just, he just explodes with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be fun to yeah. watch him. And, and how about Florida? Hadn't had an offensive player taken in the first round since Tim Tebow. We spoke of him. They get yep. two first-round offensive players this draft. How about that? Two in the top yeah. 20 with Kyle Pitts and then Kadarius Tony went to the Giants yeah. at number 20. I like Tony. I, he's he's another guy, Hill-like guy, that you can you can get the ball mm-hmm. in his hands a lot of ways. You can, you can be a running back. You can run ends arounds with him, jet sweeps, all that. So uh, the Giants, I mean, I would rather seen if I were a Giants fan, I'd rather see him go defense. Um, but I can see why they need they need to find out what they got in the quarterback, and they need to keep surrounding him with weapons. So um, that sort of makes sense. And I liked, like I said, I liked where the running backs went. I thought that that was about right. So it was a good first round. Um, you know, we'll, the Bucks again have to wait. We'll see if they try to package some of their third or fourth rounders and move up. Um, you know, in today's draft or tonight's draft, I guess won't take quite as long this time. I think instead of ten minutes, I think it's five maybe between picks mm-hmm. um not really sure but um but yeah so so far so good i mean you know some people won't get real excited it's not real sexy but again it was never going to be a guy that you're going to count on to come here and play i would just say this wait till you hear from him wait till you see the press conference wait to wait till you get a feel for who he is as a person um i think people are going to really really like this guy and i think he he couldn't have i mean it's sort of similar Similar but dissimilar to, you know, when Shaq Barrett went to Denver, right, uh, you had DeMarcus Ware, um, you had Vaughn Miller, right? Uh, then they drafted, uh, I think they drafted Chubb after that. So he was he was literally in a rotation and was about the fifth outside rush, you know, edge guy. Um, and he had 14 sacks in five seasons. And then he comes to Tampa Bay after, you know, learning his craft and being an apprentice for all those years. And he goes crazy his first year, mm-hmm. and now he's been now it's been franchised, and now he has a you know what seventy something million dollar contract. So, you know that can if if you like he said he and he seems willing he wants to be a sponge. You come and learn all the tricks behind guys like Jason Pierre Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the the number of years he's played and and what he's accomplished, and a guy like Shaq Barrett who is sort of, you know that out of nowhere cat himself. Um, it, it's really going to bode well for him. Well, and not only that, but just look at the interior of the line there and how Vita Vea has learned from oh, Dominic and Sue. Exactly. And exactly. How, you know, how the how the veterans on this defensive line have helped guys like Carl Nassib a couple years ago. Right. Um, it, yeah. Put you know, a lot of money in his What Anthony Nelson's doing now and, and, and mm-hmm. that, you know, that that the veterans and, and Todd Bowles and, and the staff have really done a good job of bringing these young guys along in that. For um, sure. Across that line. 
No doubt. No doubt. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, the Rays lose a game. Boy, they got a nice pitching performance, though. Again, good young arms. They're just not scoring runs, so they end up splitting their series. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, this was a well-pitched series for the Rays. Really was, and uh, and for the and for the team and for who they played. I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I don't know whether to credit the other teams pitching or just admit that the Rays are just not scoring runs. They can't score runs. They're definitely not putting a lot of hits back to back to back, which has no. always been a fear with this offense. Um, right. You know, when there's some guys getting up there that are supposed to be I mean, when, when you we almost cheering Mike Zanino's up. You know that's a problem. I'm saying like Zanino is their big. He's their he's their home run guy because mm-hmm. Meadows isn't hitting them. And I don't know if that's the dead ball. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Brandon Lau finally drove one. You know the other day, but I mean, I don't know what to account. I don't know what to account for the fact that they're not hitting home runs. They're just not hitting, mm-hmm. and they're not hitting with runners in scoring position for damn sure. No. But to but, see what their pitching did in this, in this series, I mean, and, and you heard, did you hear Bob Melvin's comments about? Shane McClanahan, oh, he says like seeing another Tyler Glass now out there. Well, yeah, and and he he was throwing a hundred, mm-hmm. um, and he had he had the slider and the curveball, um, you know, definitely if he wasn't going to win, just you know deserved a little better fate. But he was really good, um, and then you know the, the guys that they're bringing out of the bullpen are really really good. So they mm-hmm. they got some good young arms now with McClanahan up there. They're, I think their pitching is is settled down. You know, I was a little concerned about them because mm-hmm. of all the injuries. Now wait till they get some guys back too. You know, you're going to get Archer back. You're going to get uh, Waka had a really really good outing in this mm-hmm. series. Yes, did. Um, Rich Hill did. Uh, he Rich Hill well. had an extraordinary seri- uh, game in his. In, you know, so you start getting that. I mean, you know, Castillo, who went out there for a third straight day, uh, wound up giving up the go ahead run. That's going to happen, but. Um, Kittrich has been good out of the bullpen, so they just need to get some guys healthy. We got to swing the bats. Well, Wander Franco is going to Triple A. I love it. I love it. We're going to see him, man, sooner than later. And that's always been the thing, right? Let's let's not rush him up here because he needs to play every day. But I'll tell you what: if you're not, if they if they need him to win, if they need him to swing the bat to win and help them win at the major league level, he's going to be up here. If these bats are as cold as they are, if they stay as cold as, as a lot of them have been, absolutely, then there is a place for him to play every day. That's right. That's exactly right. And you you will find a place for him to play. And and Willie Adamas better start hitting the baseball sometime, son. Anytime, you know, because he's. Brendan Lyle, too. The whole middle infield. Oh, man. They're just scuffling. Except for Joey Wendell is the only guy, you know, who's kind of carrying them a little bit. Yandy Diaz is still getting on base because he does. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a scuffle offensively. It's been grim. Yeah, it's been grim. So we'll have uh, the second round tomorrow. The Lightning Lightning had a really good performance Thursday night. You didn't see this because during the draft. No, I didn't. Um, what? So they faced Dallas, who's okay. two points out of a pl- the final playoff spot. Trying with, to make the final spot. With, yeah. you know, seven, eight games to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hold them to 20 shots in the game. Well, that's a, More that's impressively, a... 
you go to the third period, up one nothing. The Lightning are. Wow, wow. And Dallas manages two shots the whole third period. Wow. Shut it down. They shut it down. Blake Coleman gets a shorthanded penalty shot to score their nice. second goal. Oh, nice. Uh, so he gets a penalty shot and, and converts it uh, shorthanded. Um, so it, uh, Lightning defensively, a little bit. I mean, the first period and third period were tremendous defensive efforts. Second mm-hmm. period, they dipped a little bit, but it was still – I mean, they had Dallas had chances in, in that, but they didn't get the second chances. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they, this was one of their better defensive performances in a long time. Um, and as you're now six games away from the end of the regular season and, and then the playoffs starting after that, this is what you want to see against a team that's desperate. I mean, Dallas needed right. those two points, right? And 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 Tampa Bay locked them down. I mean, twenty shots for the game, two shots in the third period when they're down. That's uh, you know, try and, and are, are, you know, um, desperate for points. Um, that's a tremendous mm-hmm. performance by the Lightning. Now you go to Detroit for two games this weekend to wrap up your five games in, in seven day or eight days. Is it yeah five and eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, five and eight days. Um, presumably, McLean will get a game. Vasilevsky will get a game. So we'll see how that goes. But even if you split with Detroit, which you'd like to beat Detroit both times, but if you take four out of five of your you know in eight days, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good week for a hockey team. So yeah, they they've now won I think four or five in a row, right? I think it's four in a row. Four in a row, and was it six out of seven, something like six that? Six out yeah. of seven. Mm-hmm. So they needed to get hot at the right time. They know their way home. I mean, they 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 can see the uh, the playoffs. They can see that mm-hmm. what what they're playing for to to get into the postseason. And and uh, there might be a week in between when they stop when then when Canada stops and get some time to heal up. Steven Stamkos and Kucherov. So. They get either of those guys, especially Cooch back. Um, they're going to be in really, really good shape. I still think they're the team to beat, um, you know. And and I I like the way they're playing. So yeah, that was a big win. That's good. So the Lightning are are uh, are certainly looking better. The Rays well, started it, serious it, with the Astros. Here's one other too, thing about the Lightning too, real quick. And and you know, if people want to sit there and say they haven't played well. They're struggling. They're the. Do you realize this right now? And granted, it's a shorter season, and you've only played fifty games, but. If the season ended today, they would finish with the second highest winning percentage all time in franchise history. From this season, yeah, behind yeah. two years ago when they set the record with sixty-two wins. I mean, it's also the fourth... as, as much as we nitpick this team, and, and oh, they're really good, you know, yeah. and, and they have some flaws, some flaws, and they have some dips and and some things you go, ooh, you know, at times, but they're still really good. <laughs> they're really good. I mean. It's a four- you know, you look Fourth at straight time they've been in the playoffs too. Yeah, by the seven way. out of eight, and, and the one seven year they missed, they missed by one point. By one point, yeah. you know, and they were playing really well the second half of the season. They just stunk it up early in the season. They really got yeah. too mm-hmm. dug themselves too deep of a hole, right? But you know, this Lightning team is going to finish with probably the second best winning percentage in history of their franchise. I think, if I recall, Ed Encina tweeted this about a week ago that right now the Lightning have the best winning percentage of any Stanley Cup you know, defending champion in 30 years. Mm. You know, I mean, they're playing very well. I mean, you know, overall. You know, do, are there things they want to clean up? Absolutely. Are they starting to get their game into form? It certainly looks like it, which is a good thing. And, and they've got two tough teams in this division. I mean, Carolina and Florida are playing very well, and both of them are ahead of them right now. I mean, if the, light, if the playoffs started today, the Lightning are the third seed. Wow. Uh, they'd play. They'd play Florida first. Now, granted, Florida's a point ahead of them with two, and, but the Lightning have two games in hand. So, and you play Florida twice to end the season. So, you could jump them 
You control your own mm-hmm. destiny to jump them. Carolina, you need some help to jump them. You're th- three points back of them, I think. Yeah. It's going to be tough. But, you know, I think they're in good shape for the playoffs anyway. Um, so we'll get out of here. We got the uh, we get the draft tomorrow, the Rays start a series uh, against mm-hmm. the Houston Astros um, as well. So yeah, Valspar's going on still. Uh, Valspar, yeah. I didn't even see who, who was yeah. leading that after the first round. And I can't believe you didn't you missed the CONCACAF uh, Champions League action at Raymond James Stadium earlier this week. Well, it explains why there was a, a damn soccer field laid out. I went to the I went to this uh this party, you know, the draft party that they had out there for the season pass holders, and I walk out um sort of onto the concourse there and they got the Bucks logo and all the fans are trying to pose for selfies and whatnot, but it the it's a damn soccer field. Like there's and the sod has just been laid. I mean it still has the sort of the grooves in it, you know, mm-hmm. and and I was like, well this is weird. Like is there gonna be a soccer game? Has there been a soccer game? So you kinda set me straight on that one. I didn't know what the yeah, hell Yeah, you missed on. Cruz Azul beating F C Toronto three to one yeah. the other night. So. Yeah. The always the always tough Cruz Azul, um, but I'm sure it was a well attended. But yeah, they had all new turf down. Um, it was a nice event. The game though, was like, at ten o'clock the other night, by the way. It was p.m. Yes, Oof. it was a uh, you know for made for television time. Like where back back in <laughs> Europe? I mean, that's you know, late. seven o'clock West Coast, I guess. Eight o'clock, I you know, guess. Mountain time. That is late, man. That is really late. Well. There was a lot of a lot of good people out there, and, and the Bucks did a nice job. They had, uh, I mean, they had carving stations, dude. They had like really good food, PDQ, and all that was out. And, and uh, I guess you just had to pay a deposit, get on a list, and yeah, over seven thousand. Talked to Brian Ford. Hopes they get more for the regular season. Obviously, looking forward to getting the fans back. Well, Atlanta so Braves are going one hundred percent attendance next month. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I mean that's the goal. The goal is that the the NFL will play with its full stadiums and. Um, I think they're certainly headed that direction. So anyway, check us out. We're here Monday through Friday. Um, we will uh, keep you guys informed. Uh, we'll wrap up the draft uh, on Monday's podcast for sure. And then we'll probably have lots of interviews and uh, different conversations with the guys they do draft. Then there'll be a rookie mini camp. Just a ton of stuff going on as well as Valspar on Sunday. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 